Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. It's good to be here. So, Cameron, this is the service you said I could speak two hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I promise I won't speak more than two hours. Is that all right? Is that okay? Come on. We all leave after 40 minutes. No, you can't leave. You don't know the power of the anointing. All right. Whoa, maybe you do. Maybe that was wrong. All right. So how are you all doing today? Is there anybody here that's already heard me before? All right. Woo! I love it. So that video is amazing uh, for me because it really, it shows uh, Project 61 is uh, Isaiah 61. Strangers will come and help you build your walls. And I mean, half the people in that don't, I mean, more than half, way more than half were not Orvillians. They came from all over the place. You know, here today we have Andy Andy Angler and Rebecca Angler and John and Ruth Miller. They've all served with us out there in Orville. And they're here in Kalamazoo, Michigan, serving with you. And so, you know, we've had, we never had too many people more stranger than them come. And I, did I say, did I say that right? I think that came out wrong. Maybe, did, I, did that come out wrong? Anyway, so Project 61, training trips to Oroville, short-term missions. Come and see um, People that come say it really helps them go back home and help transform their city. The Father's House Church is a place where um, addiction reduces. People's lives change. Uh, uh, Some of those people on that video um, have the misfortune of remembering how miserable and hideous their lives were. And when I say hideous, we're talking about wailing. Have you ever heard a soul wail in misery? I've heard it. I've heard it more times than I ever want to, and I plan I'll probably, because of this ministry, hear it many more times. Orville, uh, the streets of the, of the neighborhood we went to um, to start our church, which I never chose. I had a pastel-colored vineyard so well-planned before the Lord sent me to Southside. And, I, I mean, I, I just had it well-visioned. I, I'm a contractor 42 years. And uh, 42 years of Christian, 42 years of min- in most of those years in ministry and con- contracting. Been a carpenter, packed more wood on my back than you've seen on trucks. I mean, I just amazing how much houses I built and spent my life doing that, as well as preaching the gospel. The one thing I didn't want to do ever in my life was pastor a church. And God sent me to Orville, and the last place I told my wife at noon one day. When we felt God was moving us, I had built a house in Oroville that would not sell. In a really hot market, it would not sell. That was kind of weird. I said, the Lord's moving us. She said, we, that house you built in Oroville, maybe that's where he's sending us. And I said, honey, the last, I played ball in this valley my whole life. And every time I've gone to Oroville, it just feels like yuck. And uh, that's the last place I'd ever want to raise my kids. And it's the last place you want to raise our babies. I said that at noon. I had to drive up and take care of the house because if you're not familiar with the valley, it was 115 that day. New houses don't handle that really well. 
with the windows and everything. So I was going up there. There was not a tree anywhere near the house. So I went up there to make sure and put blankets on the windows and keep the air conditioner running even, you know, spend the money to keep the house from shrinking too fast. Anyway, from drying too fast. But So I drive into the driveway of this house, and the Lord says, Clear, this is where I want you, in Oroville. And I said, well, just two hours ago, I told her this is the worst. I told a mother of four children that it's the worst place on earth to raise your babies. So since I screwed up so bad, could you please tell her? Well, I had one of those original cell phones, you know, so I picked, I picked it up. <laughs> and I called from the <laughs> that cell phone. Just a side note, since I have two hours, I'll tell you side notes. It cost $1,000, and it was worth it to me. It cost $1,000 a month for the bill, a month. That was the original cell phone for contractors, and I had 60 carpenters working for me. I was making, actually, for the first time, we'd been youth pastors, so we had made nothing. I could back up to the bank and fill the bed with cash. We were doing so well, and the Lord says, move. I just got this thing going. And I told her this is horrible, and it's Orville. But when he said, I want you to Orville, my heart leapt with joy. I said, go rent the U-Haul, we're coming to Orville. And I had to then commute for 30 days while I told my carpenters, this has been a really good run, but we're out of here. So let's finish up what we got. I'll tell the contractors I'm not framing for them anymore, and boom, you know, we moved to Orville. That night, we moved to Orville. Next day, we got a full price offer on the house, and I said, sorry, dude, we moved in. We didn't, we didn't say dude in those days, but I, I'm embellishing. I said, sorry, man, we moved in. So here we are in Oroville. I stepped down. I realized carpenters make $10 an hour in Oroville. I haven't made $10 an hour in 15 years, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I go out to get a job for $10 an hour. Because he wants me in Orville, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to live and breathe and give my life in Orville. He stops me at a stop sign, shows me a vision of a business, a construction business, and how to run it, how to market it, how to price it, how to bid it. And I applied those things he showed me, and I had a successful business in Orville within no time at all. Still not knowing, what did you send me here for? That was pretty nice of you to not make me work for $10 an hour, but I was willing. I was willing. Whatever it takes to just be with you, I'm with you. So, um, I, that's how we got to Oroville. There was garbage piled in the streets. So that sound booth area, there were piles like that, a hundred of them, of garbage. I'm talking about, you know, you take it out, take the garbage out. Okay, I got to go down the street, and they dump it in the pile, on the street. And nobody picks it up. Rats and cats and elephants living in the garbage. It looked like Beirut, abandoned cars everywhere. You could not drive down Fallbrook Avenue. You had to kind of go around it, bumping over the garbage and kids riding their bikes and glass everywhere. So I didn't go to Southside. That's the neighborhood Southside. When the Lord told me to start a church, which I thought we had an agreement. I know pastor churches. I, I give money away. I'll give anything away. I make money. I, I'll be a youth pastor. You know, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. But I thought we had this agreement. I'm never going to make you pastor a church. And one day he says, I want you to pastor a church and call it the Fondas House. And I said, that's great. And I went out to rent a building that was a beautiful pastel-colored vineyard. And I just, I mean, I went and got, I was getting, I was getting launched by a vineyard, you know. And the Lord said, no, not over there, over here. 
And so I drove in around the garbage piles. Said, okay, whatever your will is. I mean, I was just excited to do that when just a few minutes ago I didn't, couldn't never dream of doing that. Moving to Oroville became the greatest thing that ever happened in my life because it was his will, and that's all I ever wanted to know. What do you want me to do? I'll do it. Here we go. Let's go. Let's roll. So I have been praying now for, at that point, probably 27 years by then. 20, I don't know. Forget that number. I don't even know how many years. A long time. Where is the book of Acts Church? I've served on all these staffs. I've seen how religion works. I've seen how Christianity is. I've seen the church in the four walls. But where is the book of Acts Church in the world? People tell me there's some in Africa. People tell me there's some in South America. They tell me that Asia has some. But where in the Western world is the book of Acts Church? And I don't really know if that's what's happening in those countries because I've never been there. Where is the book of Acts Church? So I set up this church, and I start doing what I do. I build, and I plan, and I envision, and I make things happen, and I, you know, but I just can't really make a church happen. Where's the book of Acts Church? I start this church. It grows to 105, and then one day it's nine. You know, I'll tell more about that tonight, but I just realized I'm a lousy pastor. I am. I say great things. I do great things, but the sheep just kind of like wander. Where's the book of Acts Church? And I'm praying constantly. Where's the book of Acts Church? Heal my wrong thinking. Teach me your ways. This is a prayer I prayed every day of my life. Heal my wrong thinking. Teach me your ways. I don't want to just be right with everybody. I want to be right with you. I want to know what you teach. I want to know what you believe. I want to know what you want. Even I say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to Orville. I don't want to pastor a church. It's like herding cats. I'm so, I definitely don't want to do that. I hate being rejected. Pastors get rejected daily. I don't want to do that. But whatever you want is more important to me, and I'll do whatever you want. I don't want to work for $10 an hour, but I'll do it. And every, and I just, where is your church? Where is the what I see? Peter was in a book of Acts church when he j- grabbed the cripple and pulled him up. Paul, Peter, and Paul, both in Book of Acts Church when they were in prison and whipped with whips. Still want a Book of Acts Church? So I'm looking. People are healed. People are baptized. People are speaking in tongues in languages they understand, preaching the gospel in languages people understand. Wow, where is your life-filled church? I want it. I've already done all the American Christianity churches. I'm just, I, I want something that looks like this. I want to be the guy that can ask anything in your name and know that I'm asking in your will and know that when you said ask anything you, whatsoever you will and it'll be done for you, you just put the will on me. I want to be a person who knows you good enough to where whatever is my will lines up with what's your will. I want to be that. Where's the book of Acts Church? What is your will? When he spoke to me loud and clear. And it was kind of like that deal with the church. It wasn't exactly what I expected. He said, you are all confused. I said, I know they are. <laughs> I do. <sighs> we agree. 
what are we going to do, God, about how confused they are? He says, no, you are all confused. And I said, how am I confused and how are we confused? How is this confusion, what we're doing? And that's what he said. Now, trust me, this is my testimony of what he said to me. Believe me, don't believe me. This is what he said. You're trying to live two covenants as one covenant that will never work. You will not see what you read in here doing that. I said, I am? And I began to realize, yeah. I'm constantly, whatever, I just pull, I just pull, okay, I need this for this. I pull it out. Okay, well, let's go back over here. Let's apply this when it works here, and let's apply this when it works here, and let's kind of like, just kind of like, let's get the best of all of it and leave the worst of all of it out. Let's just avoid this stuff and cherry pick all whatever we want to make our own church and make our own religion so that people walking by will say, I like that, and come in. And we got a message. Well, since that day, I've asked a lot of people, how do you feel about your Christianity? you think you're confused or not? Almost no one. Almost. There's been a few, but very few have said, yeah, I'm not confused. Almost everyone said, you know, I am. I'm always reading in there things and going, we don't do that. So I began a journey of reading. I said, oh, well, this is what I said to him. On, in answer to you're confused, Steve, I said, how am I confused? Two covenants is one. What do I do about it? He said, I want you to read only Jesus until I tell you not to. So I started reading the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. When I got done with that, took a deep breath and I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. About that time, about the second time at the end, Took a deep breath and said, but then all of a sudden it came to me. What about Acts, the, the verses in Acts and Revelations? So I read the beginning of Acts where he talks to the apostles as he's ascending. And I read the beginning of Revelations and the end of Revelations. I happen to have a red letter edition. It's not that hard to find them. So Matt, the second, third time I read a little bit of Acts and a little bit of Revelations. And my life began to change. For the first time in my life, the seven letters to the churches blew me up. So many promises in there. I will give you the white robe of, of righteousness. I will give you the white stone of redemption. And all of them say if, 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 if. But if you don't, and it's like goosebumps. I will erase your name if you, I will, oh, if you do this, I will not erase your name. What? He erases names? I didn't believe that. I believed a little different than that. He erases names? There's an eraser? During the third time reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I jumped out of my chair in Matthew 18. Wait a minute. Now I've read it three times this year. And I missed it the first two. How many times I read it in my life and missed this? The, the wicked manager in Matthew 18. I can't pay my debt. You're forgiven. Goes out and finds somebody and says, man, I need what you owe me. Makes him pay. Comes back to the king or, king or boss or whatever and says, I forgave you a big debt. Should you not have forgiven? 
Because you did not forgive him, you're going to pay every cent. And for the, on the third time, I said, sins you've been forgiven of, put back on you, and you pay. That's possible? Do we have a Christianity that even accepts that? Have I ever heard that in my whole Christian experience? By that time, I was probably a Christian well over 30 years. No, I'm probably right at 30 years. Don't listen to any dates I give. Somewhere high 20s. I'd been a Christian high 20s. I'd been preaching for most of those years. Had I ever heard anybody speak on your debt that was forgiven you, put back on you, and you will repay every cent, he says? We would really like to throw that. Can we just tear that out? Let's go Matthew 17, Matthew 19, and let's just forget 18. Because I don't like it, not a, any bit. So I started reading under this thing. I, can ha I finally decided I will have no Christianity in my life that I have to read something in the words of Jesus and say, well, well, everybody knows you can't do that. Give to any man that asks of you. Well, of course you can't do that, man. Yesterday a guy walked up to us, asked us for some. I'm thinking, he's high. He wants to get high. I need some food. I'm looking around. How would I buy him food? I can't. Plus what do I do? Everybody knows you can't give to any man that asks. Well, you have to give. You have to give. It's not your, it's not your judgment. It's not your place. Give to any man that asks. I'd like to give him something else, but all I got, I gave him. Gave him what he asked for. So many verses like that. How do I read a verse and say, well, I don't know if I agree with that. You will repay every cent. Well, he's forgiven, man. As far as these is from the West. Sea of unforgetfulness. No, sea of forgetfulness. I can easily paint over that one without those other verses. But this is Jesus. Let me tell you a story. Jesus took two, no, took three of his buddies. Later became apostles. At this time, they're called disciples. He took them up a mountain. On the way up the mountain, they come across Moses and Elijah. And these three guys have spent their life learning about Moses and Elijah. The two hottest tickets in town are Moses and Elijah. The lawgiver, the prophet. And the apostles, man, they just, pre-apostles, I guess you would call them. Yeah, pre-teens. Anyway, it's like having junior hires on your staff. Anyway, they say, man, it's so good we're here. We can make three altars, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for you. I mean, we got this cooked. We know just what to do. And the Father audibly speaks from a cloud, a mist. This is my son. Listen to him. The other two disappear. Only Jesus is standing there. I think you and I, the reason Christianity doesn't work for so many people is we present a gospel that is still making three altars. We're still living two covenants. And there's a lot more covenants than that that we live with the world, with the government, with all these different things. And he's, there's one covenant. I come to bring you a new covenant. It's completely different. It doesn't jive with the other covenant. We sound silly living two covenants, preaching two covenants. We don't make sense to the world. They think we're nuts. God loved the world, sent Jesus to save the world. So Jesus is going to save the world. Jesus is going to change the world. 
Jesus is going to allow us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, they couldn't do that back then. The average everyday sinner like you and me, like me especially, the holiness of God dwelling in the unholiness of me, the concept is ridiculous. Jesus made that possible. I can say to you clearly, without reservation, my name is Steve Orsillo. I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Behold, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He sent me to preach good news, to break the ties that bind, to set the captives free, to heal, bring salve and ointment to the ailments of those that are ill. He's anointed me to change the city of Orville. He wasn't guessing when he said, get up and go to Orville. He knew he, he was sending me. He could have sent anyone, could have sent you, but he sent me. Could have sent me anywhere, but he sent me there. This is my calling. I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, what do you want me here for? I want to speak to the world from Oroville. What do you want me to do about this covenant thing? Would you tell my church about my son? Would you reacquaint them with the words of my son, with the teachings of my son? Whew. Let me just tell you a few of them. Pretty amazing stuff. Jesus said, turn the other cheek when you're slapped on the cheek. He said, go the extra mile. Someone asks for your shirt, give them your coat, your coat, give them your shirt too. Whoa, love your enemies. Oh, could you stop now? Do good to those who spitefully use you. Do good to those who persecute you. Love your enemies. Did I already say that one? Oh, my gosh. Forgive as you've been forgiven. Judge not and you won't be judged. Oh, but he only gave one command. He gave one command. This I command you. This is no kidding. I've asked 100 leaders in the Christian church, what did Jesus command you? 100 out of 100 have answered wrong. They don't know the words of Jesus. I stopped asking because it was jading me. 100 in a row said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. All 100 were wrong. If you were sitting here thinking that, you were wrong. He said one thing. Love one another as I have loved you. This I command you. Love one another as I have loved you. When he said those other two things, he was answering a man who asked this question. What's the two greatest commandments in the law? And today, mix those two covenants, and we answered the same all the time. If I don't want to love you, all I got to do is not love me under that covenant. Under the new covenant, I got to love you like Jesus loves you. I got to love you like Jesus loved me. What did he do for me? He forgave me. He gave me so many mulligans. If you're a golfer, he gave me so many mulligans, it's unbelievable. I got to give you all kinds of mulligans. Do, for those of you that aren't golfers, it's a do-over. Hit it again. You didn't like that shot? Hit another one. No penalty on a mulligan. He died for me. He loved me when I was nasty and cruel. <sighs> he loved me when I was persecuting him. He loved me when I hated his people. Oh, love, love one another as I have loved you. Wow. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added to you. 
I'm like, seek first, huh? What's that mean? Did you know the word seek means to plot and to plan? Plot and plan for the kingdom of heaven to be your number one pursuit. So you see something coming that's going to take away? You plot and plan to keep it out of your life. Jesus said, cause one of these to stumble, one of these little ones to stumble, and it would have been better for you if a millstone had been hung around your neck and cast in the sea. Oh, that's the better choice. I should put more, I should put more effort into not stumbling people. I got a temper. I got a hot flash going. I've been a carpenter all my life. I'm missing a fingernail. Yeah, we, it's this one. That's why I can't hold it up. Use your imagination. I, I cussed. It hurt. So I went to every guy that hurt me. That was wrong of me. Would you forgive me? Because I'm not making them stumble. They laugh about it today because they heard the pastor cuss. But I, I, I'm not taking it lightly. I've asked every one of them. I've told every one of them, I intend to never sin again. And if I do, like when I hit my finger, I will not do it casually. I will not make light of it and say, well, I hit my finger. Of course I cussed. No, I'll say, please forgive me. That was wrong. Please. Do not take permission to cuss because you heard me cuss. Do not take permission to bring your guard down. For the people that I want, see me cussing, I didn't run off and get drunk. I didn't run off and use dope. I didn't go off and steal from somebody. I didn't go cheat. These guys, they get permission to, to back up half a step. They may be abandoning their children again. They may be destroying more lives because they need to come further up and farther in every day. They need to come with me. And Jesus said, plot and plan for the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added for you. He said so many things, there's just way, way too many to say. But I'm looking for the book of Acts Church, and today, this is, we have Project 61, like I told you. People come constantly to the Father's house to be, to, to see, like they want to do drug and alcohol ministry, they come walk with us for two weeks. They want to do homeless outreach, they come walk with us. They want to do food banks and food gardens, we, we used to have gardens, uh, 20,000 pounds of vegetables, you know. They come and they say, well, how do, you, how do you facilitate that? So they walk alongside of us, and on the last night we say, what, what did you see? What, what, did you, what did you experience? Almost every team says the same thing. First time in my life I've seen the Book of Acts Church in operation. People bringing all that they have in so others can have some. Christianity is no joke. I don't do without at all, and yet all that I have belongs to the Lord. We come, we come to a season that Isabel Allen and everybody else has prophesied about us too, and we're just we're looking for this move of God. And right when we think we're on the cusp of it, my granddaughter gets diagnosed with leukemia. She was on two different days. She was leaving us. We went to say goodbye, and she did not leave, and she's still with us. On July 8th, during our, our um, 38th anniversary, our house burned down, incinerated, gone. I want to tell you, because of my season of reading Jesus, I don't think prior to that I would have had the same response. But I got the diagnosis. I went four days of just struggling, like, what? Is this the reward for faithfulness? But then the words of Jesus began to come to me. I got up out of bed. My wife was at the hospital with my daughter. 
went to the foot of the bed and just put my finger up in the air and I proclaimed, I already decided you're good. What am I doing thinking, is this the reward for faith? I already decided you're good. I already decided you're God. I already decided that in you there is way, truth, and life. And that if I follow you, whether life or death, whether hell or high water, you are Lord. You are good. I belong to you. My life was bought with a price, and I've already decided that. So I would like to see her healed, and I would like you to help me build this house back up. I wish you wouldn't have burnt your house down, but you did. So here we are in both cases. I walked at 2 o'clock in the morning, walked up to my little fire pit, law enforcement. I had to kind of juke my way around law enforcement to get up there to see what people were telling me. Walked up and saw it for the first time. First words out of my mouth. Why would you burn your house down? What's the plan? Whatever it is. I'm with you. I gave you my life at an altar just like this. Piano player right there came around, prayed with me for 20 seconds. I gave my life to you. I said, if you're real, I'll follow you. So here we are. Doesn't matter whether I like the outcome. Don't matter if I have to cry at a grave. Doesn't matter if I have to cry at a fire pit. I'm with you. What's the plan? Let's go. I have plotted and planned long enough to where these kinds of things don't, don't, don't trip me. But I look around me and I see a Christianity where everybody's tripped by everything. Yeah. I mean, I got people who were misery. I told you about the wailing, right? That was a service. The wailing that they do, it hurts when you hear them cry talking about the abuses they've experienced. It actually hurts you. And I've seen them come out of that wailing to joy unspeakable, full of glory. And I've seen them turn around and go right back to the hog pens of life. And be wailing again. 40-day prayer walk just now. I looked up at this uh, other alcohol, drug and alcohol ministry. Really, we're we jail ministries. We get most of our people from jail. So they're over here, and I look through the crowd, and I see this face, and it's hard to recognize him. He's had 15 years of misery since I helped him. It's hard to recognize him. He has so beaten his life up, so destroyed his life. And I remembered the wailing that he did, the oh, moaning and groaning too deep for words of pain that he felt. Helped him see joy unspeakable. Helped him see gl the glory of God. Only to three times after that hear him in our alley outside my office wailing in misery. And all these years later, there he is in the crowd trying again to recapture what he gave up. And I'm like, why do we have so many Christianity versions that don't work? I believe it's because the father is saying, this is my son. Listen to him. And we're building all these altars. There was this other story. Jesus says, hey, you two, go into town. You'll find a donkey and her colt. Take them. Anybody says anything, say the Lord needs it. Come on. The Lord needs it. So these guys, I can't imagine these poor guys going in Roman-occupied Jerusalem to steal two donkeys because Jesus told them to 
And if anybody questions you stealing these two donkeys, say, the Lord needs it. Sure. <laughs> Is this going to leave a red mark? <laughs> Romans are serious about donkey thievery. I mean, whew, have you read about the Romans' response to thievery? So they're coming down, and here's what Luke says. They found it was just as Jesus had told them it would be. Boom. And I think about that all the time because I read things in here like give it all. Give to any man that asks. Give it all. Lay down your life for your brother. Like die for your brother. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. You want to live in an Acts church? Have you thought about what's in an Acts church? Peter and Paul beaten. Peter, after him being beaten, says, hey, the beatings are up to you. Do what you got to do. I got to preach the gospel. That's a book of Acts church. Paul, the apostle, the angel opens the door. Instead of going through it, he stops to lead the jailer to the Lord. This is the book of Acts church. When you read this, do you really want it? When I read this, I think... Well, maybe we can do it different. But I think what we're going to find is that it's just as Jesus said it is. He said, my words will judge you. We don't want to believe that. But I think you're going to find what doesn't matter what you believe. It's going to be just what he said. He said, any man who hears these words of mine, these sayings of mine, and acts upon them, in other words, he puts them into action, He's like a man who dug deep and built his foundation on the rock. And the storms and the waves came, and that house stood. Anyone who hears what I say, Jesus said, and doesn't act upon them, is like a man who built his house on the sand, and the wind and the waves came, and great was the fall of that house. We don't have to believe him, but we sure in the Christian church in America have a lot of houses fallen. In my ministry, there's so many people that used to believe. At least they said they did, but I think they were just convinced. I don't think they really believed. The father's saying, this is my son. Listen to him. And we're saying, it's good. We're here. We can be, build all kinds of altars. We can have altars to sports stars and altars to everything. We, it's so good we're here. We, as long as we keep our altar to Jesus up in the living room, back in the corner where it's not in the way, we're good. And the father says, this is my son. Listen to him. Die to self every day? Not my favorite thought. But it doesn't matter what I think. It's going to be what he says it's going to be. We're going to find it just like the apostles said. Do you want to steal donkeys? I don't. You think this is going to work out? Whoa, he said it would be okay. He said, man, if they ask you, just tell them I need it, it's going to be okay. And it was okay. Told Peter, when you're old, they're going to come bind you, take you where you don't want to go. It's going to be okay. For the, Peter's needed that for his healing. I just betrayed you. Jesus said, you're going to get a second chance, and you're going to do it, buddy. Peter found that it was just as Jesus said it would be. He found it right what Jesus said. And so I think you and I, we should live a Christianity that works. We should want it. Now, I have not arrived. I'm on a journey. Further up and farther in. Every day, further up and farther in. Mine's working pretty good. All my kids love Jesus. You can't fake that. you got to be real behind closed doors. All my kids love Jesus. 
because I was real every day of my life. But I want to be more real. I want my grandkids to love Jesus. I want my life to proclaim Jesus. It proclaims him. I want it to do better. I want to be more. I, I can admit to you, everything I ask in his name doesn't happen. I want it to. I want to apply what he teaches me. I want to see it. I want to see the glory of God in my day. Yes, Oroville's transformed, but everybody's not going to heaven yet. I want it to be impossible to get to hell from Oroville. That's my goal. Is it possible? You tell me. I think it is. Because I think Jesus said all things are possible to them who believe. Paul said it too. Why don't we find out what's possible to them who believe by believing what he says? Anyone who acts upon these words of mine. In the book of Acts Church, there's really distasteful things. Ananias and Sapphira lived in the book of Acts Church. You still want a book of Acts Church? Everybody had to bring all that they had. Do you want a book of Acts Church? The world was changed. People were transformed. I want a book of Acts Church. Jesus is Lord. I decided long ago. What do we do about it? Some people say, you don't got to do nothing. I say, that's not what Jesus says. Anyone who acts upon these words of mine. Okay, we got to do something. Jesus said he's coming. He's going to return. Here's what he said in chapter 19 of Revelations. I'm going to bring my reward with me. And I'm going to give it out. Based on what each man has done. Oh, I think you got to do something. I think we should figure out what has done meant. So even if it takes my whole life, I'm going to find out what has done meant. You know what the difference between someone who does something and someone who does nothing is? You may, may have already heard this, but the difference between the person who does something and the person who does nothing is that the person who does something does something. That's it. I want, to be so, I want to be the do something guy. I want to get it right. I want to go after it. Further up and farther in every day. I'm on a journey for the rest of my life. I'm 61. Today's my birthday. 61. I don't know how many days I have left, but I promise you every day it's going to be further up and farther in. Further up and farther in. Where I'm at today is so honking, pick, and stinking awesome. It's unbelievable. But I can see tomorrow. It's better. And I want it. My life's the best it's ever been. With leukemia, with fires, my life's the best it's ever been. Tomorrow, I want it to be better. So I'm coming on. The Father speaks from the cloud. This is my son. Listen to him. He spoke to me. He said, you're living two covenants. I want to live one covenant. I want to live the covenant with Jesus Christ that if you love me, you'll obey me. I want to live the covenant with God that says, God so loved the world. I want to live the covenant with God that says he loves me. He loved me when I was in the world, but I didn't love him. He loves me while I'm in the Christian walk. I want to know. I want the benefits of his love. I want to know that I love him. For this is how we know he loves us. He sent Jesus to die on the cross. This is the love of the Father. He sent Jesus to die on the cross. This is how 
you can know who loves me, the one who obeys me. This is what he said, love one another as I have loved you. Could we just do that one thing? Can we just follow one thing? And when we do that, we get started on that and we say, okay, I'm in it. Then we can do two, then we can do three. Can we just begin to look at the words of Jesus and say, I can't, help me, and watch his help. So I come today to just share with you the journey that I've been on, hopefully to inspire you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Turn off the radio, turn off all other, all other noise. Let Jesus speak to you. I'm an uneducated man. I've got one thing right in my whole life. In that, I found out I was a great father because I read Jesus. Honestly, I'm a pretty good husband. I have a phenomenal marriage anyway because I read Jesus and I believe Jesus. Suddenly, I'm a darn good pastor because I believe in Jesus and I love Jesus. And I put the confusion aside and I decided I'm going to do something. And I cleaned up the streets of Oroville with my dump truck. And I just loved the next one in line. Next man up, give your life for him. Give your life away. Jesus said, give and you shall receive. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. I think I'm going to put that into practice. doesn't seem like the American way to give it all away and then you have plenty. I've seen the loaves and fishes so many times in my life I can't count. It's a daily occurrence. I have no income from anybody. And I live better than when I made hundreds of thousands of dollars in construction. It's crazy. I have seen the glory of God in my life. I have seen the, the born-again nature in people who I once heard wailing. I have seen the love of God. People who didn't love anybody love everybody. I've seen the change. I've seen being born again. Are you with me? Let me just challenge you to read Jesus. Just take it on yourself. Just open, don't study it, read it. Just read it. A couple of times down the road, you're going to get tired. Start studying it. Just read it. It'll change you. Suddenly you'll find out, I'm not, I'm not the same as I used to be. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Jesus is the word of God. He's the word become flesh and dwelt among us. Amen.